season's going to end on a double doink. 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 Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then... Uh, Prognosis. You gotta take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. It is Tuesday afternoon. You know what that means. It's a terrible Tuesday. Plenty of terrible Tuesday takes. Ah, yes. Kind of a terrible slur Tuesday. You know where I'm going with that? You'll hear. Get it? You'll hear. Audio. Radio. Slurs. There you go. Yeah, a lot of goofballs we're talking about today. I caught that little dad joke. You know, yeah. Dad joke? Yeah, that was a little bit dad, of a dad joke. Da- dead? Dad joke. Dead? Dad. D-A-D, dad? D-A-D. Where's dad coming to play? Because it was kind of a dad joke. What's a dad joke? It's kind of like those little like stupid... Like joke? No, it's like those stupid jokes that don't make sense, but they make sense yeah. to dads. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> All right. Man, we got NBA playoffs to talk about as uh, it continues to twist and turn in the Lakers-Warriors series. Lakers win last night over the Warriors. We'll talk about that today. Arash Markazi, our guy in L.A., Southern California, and uh, formerly of the of ESPN and, of course, the L.A. Times and does a fantastic job down there in SoCal on the Mighty Era 1090. And, uh, yes... We'll talk Lakers and Warriors. Steve Berline will join us today. The quarterback, one of our quarterbacks, I have to be careful. I've got to say that. Don't want to upset the other quarterback. Steve Berline will join us today from LA. How about that? All right, recovering from his knee surgery and everything. We'll talk some uh, NFL football with him. Raiders draft. We'll dive into that with him. Chuck Esposito will join us a little bit later on next hour over at Red Rock. And uh, talk about the betting aspects, not only the NBA playoffs, but the Stanley Cup playoffs as well, too. See, I always wonder if I should say NHL playoffs or Stanley Cup playoffs. Because when we get to the finals, or as we get even closer to, say, the conference finals, I tend to say Stanley Cup finals, or Stanley Cup playoffs. But then when we get to the finals, I definitely always say Stanley Cup finals. Because you never hear the NHL finals. Can, can we... Can well, there's not NHL playoffs, but that's what it is. But we hear people say the NHL playoffs a lot. You know, right now you're saying NHL playoffs. Yeah, you do hear some Stanley Cup playoffs. You got a preference? Is I there, like is Stan- there, is there like proper Stanley etiquette? Cup. I like Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird too when you think about it. When every other sport has the name of their league regarding. The playoffs or the finals, the NBA finals, right? Major League Baseball World Series, but it's also not the NFL Super Bowl. I mean, it's not the NFL Super Bowl. They it's call the it Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl, right? Stanley Cup playoffs, Stanley Cup finals. Hmm. Think about that. You know I me. Mean? I'm curious about things. You know that about me, don't you? <laughs> I'm curious about things. All right, I'll tell you what I'm really curious about. What the heck is coming out of people's mouths? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Okay, we start with... Glenn Kuyper. Glenn Kuyper, a guy that I've watched for many, many years. He's in his 20th year of broadcasting the Oakland A's. Works on the television side for the A's. Well, he was talking about a recent trip to Kansas City. I like Kansas City. Good barbecue, good food there. The Chiefs, the Royals, used to be the home of the Kansas City Omaha Kings. Of the NBA, right? Well, pregame show, they were in Kansas City at Kauffman Stadium, and it was Glenn Kuyper and his broadcast partner, former pitcher for the A's, Dallas Brayton, 
and Glenn Kuyper decide to talk about the recent trip that they took earlier that day to one of the famed places, which I've talked a lot about on this show. Here's Glenn Kuyper talking about his day in Kansas City. We had a phenomenal day today. League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. Okay, maybe one more time on that nunchuck because we got the beep out. But Glenn Kuyper is talking about the trip to the Negro League Museum and to a great barbecue spot, except he did not say Negro League Museum. We had a phenomenal day today. Negro League Museum and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. He said the N-word. He did not say the Negro League Museum. He said the N-word. This blows me away. 20 years as a broadcaster he's been. He's been all around baseball. He's been around all kinds of people of color. And he says the N-word. League Museum. How is that even possible? See, this is not a mispronunciation. He said it because that word that he should not be even thinking about or definitely saying, it's in his brain. I can tell you, Glenn Kuyper is a smart guy. He's educated. He's prepared every time that he goes on the air. So for me, it's really unbelievable that an announcer can say this. You've heard people use the N-word in reactionary mode, right? People that get upset or they're making fun of or they're in a heated argument or debate. It's not like Glenn Kuyper is mad here or that he snapped. This is before the broadcast got underway as far as the game got underway. But this is part of a pregame story. It's a pregame welcome. Hey, we're in Kansas City. We're at Kauffman Stadium. Beautiful day here today as we get ready for the A's and the Royals. And we had ourselves a great day in Kansas City today. We went to the Negro League Baseball Museum and to what Walter Bryant's Barbecue. And he says the N-word League Museum. Now... This just kind of hits home with me a little bit because do you know how many times I have talked about the Negro League Museum? Not only on this show, but just in my personal life. And many of you will probably remember last October, I did a fundraiser for the Negro League Museum. Bob Kendrick is the president. Bob Kendrick is a friend of mine. Bob Kendrick has been on this show. And Bob Kendrick, poor Bob, was asked about this last week when Glenn Kuyper made this comment. And the kind of guy that the great man that Bob Kendrick is said, well, you know, the man said it, made an apology, made a mistake. We'll try to move on. That word should never be uttered. Kind of surprised he uttered it, but, you know, not going to make a big deal about it. It's so funny because I was talking to Bob last week about coming on the show this week. And then this story broke. And he really doesn't want to talk uh, about this. But I was going to have him on because the Negro League Museum got a, a huge grant, like about a half a million dollar grant to update their museum in Kansas City, which is so historic, which is so great. And we've talked about it time and time again on the show. But for Glenn Kuyper to say that on the air, amazing. And I'll tell you what's even maybe more amazing is his partner on the broadcast, Dallas Braden, the former pitcher, he just stood there. And I'm watching this over and over and watching Kuyper and then and Braden's standing right next to him. They're both looking at the camera and Braden is just nodding his head, not saying a word, didn't correct him or nothing. I don't know if someone in the truck, in the production truck, said something to him then, later, down the road, because it took a while for an apology. But Dallas Braden 
said days later, finally now, that he is speaking about this. Here's Dallas Braden's quote. He says, As those of you who know me well recognize, I usually speak out about injustices in order to find understanding and push conversations forward. Several people have questioned my lack of response to an issue that took place on the air during the pregame broadcast of the A's game against the Kansas City Royals at Kauffman Stadium on Friday, May 5th. I believe my silence has been misrepresented. How can it be misrepresented? Okay, you don't say anything there. I can understand that. Okay? You don't want to turn this pregame, you know, first pitch is moments away. We're going to go to a break and get ready for the first pitch. So you don't want to correct your partner, I guess, on the air. But you don't wait four days later before you come out and say something. Brain went on to say this. At the time of the incident, I was not aware that anything in the broadcast was amiss. The nuances of live television mean that sometimes we as broadcasters miss what some of you, our audience, see and hear. Think about that. So we see, we hear, you're in the broadcast, and you're going to miss something that your partner says? I can tell you from doing play-by-play many years myself, I don't think I'm going to miss something that either someone that I'm interviewing is saying or something that's going on and and we're having a conversation, whether it's pregame, postgame, halftime, during the course of the game. I'm going to pay attention to know what someone's saying. Now, sometimes as a person, sometimes, you know, you may say something wrong and you don't realize it. Uh, You may call out the wrong team or the wrong person at bat, and then a director or the producer in the truck will will correct you. But Dallas Braden saying that at the time of the incident, I was not aware that anything in the broadcast was amiss. The nuances of live television mean that sometimes we as broadcasters miss what some of you, our audience, see and hear. We have producers speaking in our ears about what is next. We are formulating our words to articulate our thoughts. We are moving direction from camera to camera. We are waiting for cues. We are checking sound. We have lots going on that is not always visible to our audience. In that moment, I missed the live comment, and I was not aware of it until the sixth inning when Glenn Kuyper made an apology. Not aware to the sixth inning? Six innings later, you weren't aware of it? And I'll tell you what, during this pregame, you're not having everybody in your ear. And you know why? Because the producers and the directors are professional enough because they know not to bother you while you're doing that. So you can have a conversation and listen to your partner because you're live on the air. So what he's saying is partially true. I'll tell you this from experience. It's... But it's not constant like, you know, okay, Q left this out. Oh, go, oh, coming up, we're going to do this. No, that's during the break. They're going to tell you that. While you're two and a half minutes while you're off the air of what's coming up. You have a production meeting that you go through for at least an hour before every broadcast. So while you're doing the opening, nobody is in your ear for the most part. So this is what's frustrating too. When a guy is saying, I didn't even realize it till the sixth inning. Go back and look at that video and look at Braden's face or eyes. Was he off in La La Land? I have no idea. But he did mention the Glenn Kuyper main apology. Here's Glenn Kuyper's apology. Welcome back to Kauffman. Welcome back to Kauffman Stadium. I just wanted to, a little bit earlier in the show, I said something didn't come out quite the way I wanted it to. Um, and I just wanted to apologize if if it uh, if it sounded different than I meant it to be said. And like I said, I just wanted to apologize for that. That is Glenn Kuyper uh, apologizing six innings later. Six innings later. Are you telling me that nobody in the production truck with the Oakland A's broadcast Caught it immediately? We saw it. We heard it immediately. We're going, what did he say? He said the N-word instead of Negro? Do you think that it might have been that he that all of the production people were trying to figure out how to deal with this? No question. But six inning, right? Yeah. That's about 
Well, with the way we speed up the game, about almost two hours into a game now. Two hours into the game, we're trying to formulate, okay, how are we going to handle this? Are you telling me that no one heard? What did you do? Go back and someone called in or someone sent you a text or an email. Hey, did you hear what Kuiper said uh, going back at uh, you know two hours ago? No. Nah. This was all handled very poorly from Kuiper's standpoint, Braden's standpoint, to the production standpoint. Oh, by the way, this is the product that we might be getting here in Las Vegas. I know we can make fun of the A's because they're playing bad. They don't even have double digit victories right now. Less than 10 wins. They're atrocious. They're pathetic. I, I get that. But man, this has got to be handled better. And you notice he used the term show. This isn't a show. You're broadcasting a baseball game. See how flustered he was trying to make this apology? Uh, welcome back. Uh oh, uh, take two. Oh, welcome back to Kaufman. I mean, he was flustered. And I will say this. For Glenn Kuyper, nice guy. I feel bad for him. I really feel bad. I'm not here to rip him. Uh, I just, I'm shocked that that came out of his mouth. As many times that I have said the Negro League Baseball Museum, never once did I say any other word than Negro. And would I even think about it? I mean, something is going on up in your brain to that says to probably a lot of people, you use that N-word pretty frequently if that came out of your mouth like that. Terrible story, terrible audio, and I do feel bad for Glenn Kuyper. He is suspended right now by the A's. He has not lost his job as of yet, but he's suspended. Uh, we'll see if uh, w- this this is more of a story... And, you know, we've we've seen other announcers. Uh, Jim Cott, we talked about this on a terrible Tuesday last year, where he said a, some really bad things regarding slavery and that sort of thing. Um, he got a slap on the wrist, never lost his job, went in the Hall of Fame, if you remember, weeks later after he did this last year. Went in the Baseball Hall of Fame afterwards. So, very, very sad story here. All right. You want more bad audio? You want more bad, degrading audio? Listen to this. Bob Huggins, the West Virginia basketball coach. You remember Bobby Huggins, right? Huggy Bear, former University of Cincinnati basketball coach. Well, get this. He was doing a radio interview last week with a Cincinnati radio station. And they were talking about his days as a coach back with the Bearcats. And he was talking about the rivalry that Cincinnati had with Crosstown School Xavier, which is a big rivalry. They're both, they're located literally four miles apart. Okay. Been to both campuses, both universities, both gyms. It's a rivalry. There's no question. Now, University of Cincinnati is a public school. Xavier is a private Catholic school. Bob Huggins lost his mind in his mouth here. That you have the best portal transfers. Have you, have you poached any Xavier guys to come to play for West Virginia? Catholics don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're above the fracas, aren't we? No problem. Yeah, you, um, absolutely. I mean, you, you, I tell you what, any, any school that can throw rubber penises on the floor and then say they didn't do it, by God, they can get away with anything. <laughs> I, 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 rubber penis. Was this I like think that trans- was at the Crosstown shootout, wasn't I think it? It was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags, I think. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Bob Huggins, okay, talking about the rivalry with Xavier and saying, well, Catholics don't know about that. He goes, anybody would throw rubber penises on the floor and call them Catholic fags. This is a guy that eventually, or close to it, will be in the... Basketball Hall of Fame, been coaching for 30-plus years, successful coach, known as a hothead, but to come out and say this? Is he intoxicated? What is he saying? Talking about a, a school, there's no more rivalry. You're West Virginia, but 
going back and talking about, well, guys throwing rubber penises. Okay, that's kind of funny. Okay, student section doing that. Okay, that probably happened in one of the It's It's a really heated rivalry with these two schools. And they still play once every year. And they alternate home courts. I've seen those games. They are crazy games. But to come out and say Catholic fags, what is wrong with this guy? Huggins made an apology. Well, of course he did. Now listen to, you just heard what he said, joking, laughing, almost like he was drunk. Now his apology is this. Earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and its crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and abhorrent phrase that there is simply no excuse for. And I won't try to make one here. I deeply apologize to the individuals I have offended, as well as to the Xavier University community. The University of Cincinnati and West Virginia University. As I have shared with my players over my 40 years of coaching, there are consequences for our words and actions, and I will fully accept anything coming my way. I am ashamed and embarrassed and heartbroken for those I have hurt. I must do better, and I will. Okay. You come back, you apologize. Whether that was force-fed, the administration from West Virginia made you do it, people in Cincinnati, so I'm sure he has still close friends that are still there. But why'd you say it in the first place? It's not even funny. And again, going back to your brain. So you use the word fag quite a bit, I guess. You got something against Catholics? Catholicism? What is wrong with that person? How can you be a man of discipline a man who is a leader of men, who is well-respected amongst the coaching fraternity and players, obviously maybe not some players, because we've seen some players that are not happy with Bob Huggins, you know, because he is a, a maniac at times. But these words that are in your brain, they can be in your brain, but how can they come out when you know you are in an interview and you should think before you talk? It's crazy. Glenn Kuyper, Bob Huggins. To use that type of verbiage, especially in today's day and age. And again, these guys are older guys. All right. They're older. They're 60 plus. You know, well, they think it's still funny or you can get away with that. But they're in today's world. One is a broadcaster that's broadcasting every day. 162 games a year. And then a coach that's been coaching for 40 plus years. And you're coming out and saying these things. I never advocate for anyone losing their job. Okay? It's horrible. But something has got to be done here. Because it's just not right to say these things. And it is 100% fixable before it comes out of your brain before it comes out of your mouth it's doesn't need to happen I I, I I don't get it I don't get it it's crazy let's go to this all right Antonio Brown is back in the news why Antonio Brown is in trouble again wait till you hear this story did you know that Antonio Brown is the owner of the Albany Empire. Now, you may be asking yourself, what the heck is the Albany Empire? Well, the Albany Empire is an arena football league team. And apparently, Antonio Brown, the crazy wide receiver who is not playing in the NFL anymore, uh, is the owner. And he hasn't paid the players or the coaches since April 21st. Now, Brown invested in this team and was the owner. And now he is disputing that he is the owner. Now, back in March, he was quoted as saying, when someone asked him about this team, yes, here's the quote, I am the owner. I'm the 100% owner of the Albany Empire. That's what he said. Going back 
a month and a half ago. But since this news got out about players and coaches that haven't gotten paid, Brown now is saying a different tune. He's saying he is not the owner. He's not the captain now. He's not the owner. No. According to Brown, the owner actually is. Are you ready for this? The owner is a name in a trust. A trust. You know, like a legal trust owns the Albany Empire. A trust under the name of, get ready for this, Antonio, which is him, El Allah Express Trust Enterprise. The trust is under Antonio El Allah Express Trust Enterprise. But there are more layers to this particular story. Antonio L. Allah Express Trust Enterprise is the domestic arm of another entity. Antonio L. Allah Express Trust, without the enterprise, Empire Team President, Alberoni Dennis, and a lawyer named Marlon Oliveira said that the foreign citizen named Antonio L. Allah is the trustee. Having a hard time following this? I don't blame you. The Empire co-owner is Mike Corta, who sold his 47.5% stake to, guess who? Antonio Brown. Take a while, guess, Numchuck, because I love doing this with you. How much do you think Mike Corta sold his 47.5% stake for an arena football league team, the Albany Empire, to Antonio Brown for? Drumroll, please. $275. Two, two, for an arena football league? Yeah. What are you talking about? It's, it's got to be something stupid. If we're, if we're talking about it, it's got to be something well, like that. Well, it's Terrible Tuesday. Exactly. And it is stupid, but it's not $275. Okay. Not $275 stupid. How's your mouth? Horrible. Horrible. Okay, get out of the calculator. <sighs> okay, get out of the calculator. Okay, so your guess is he paid $275, right? Got it? Got did, it. Did you graduate general math, algebra? What'd you do? I don't okay. Okay, so write two hundred and seventy-five. Okay. Hold on. Two two seven five minus two seven four. Oh, I was what do you get? So I was gonna say a dollar, but I didn't want to because I didn't think it was gonna be that dumb. What Mortimer say? Trading places! I know. Where's my wallet? Hold on. Cause I have to do the trading places. Do I have a dollar? Oh, I don't. I don't have a dollar. You don't. Will a five do for this? Piece? No. All right. Mortimer! One dollar! And then Billy Ray Valentine, what do he say at the end? Oh, yes! I owe you. One dollar! Antonio Brown bought the Albany Empire for one dollar. Can this story get any more stupid? Yeah. All right? It's Antonio Brown. I, Brown... Antonio Tavares, a foreign national, but not a citizen of the United States at birth, am writing to you regarding recent reports that have been circulating in the media regarding my supposed ownership of the Albany Empire team. The letter begins, I want to make it very clear, I am not the owner of this team, and any claims to the controversy are completely false. As you may know, I am involved with the Antonio L. Allah Express Trust Enterprise. A trust, which is a separate entity from myself. While the trust have 100% ownership stake in the Albany Empire, I myself do not have any ownership or control over the team. But your name, your fictitious name that you came up with, Antonio L. Allah Express... <laughs> Come on, man. If that's not terrible, I don't know what is. We've got Glenn Kuyper terrible. We've got Bob Huggins terrible. And now I've got I. Brown, Antonio Tavares, a.k.a. Antonio L. Allah Express. 
Got some terrible Tuesday takes. You can hit us at TC Martin 21. Oh my goodness. Let's get some good stuff. Let's do that when we come back. Let's talk to Steve Burline because uh, we'll pick it up a notch here. We've got football. We've got food. We got golf. We got it all. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. Don't forget to join us at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook, our Friday home. This Friday from 2 to 4 p.m., always a great time. Marco D'Angelo will be uh, joining me, and always guests as well, too. Last week, we got gifts. We got gifts. All right? We got flowers and derby hats. We got mint juleps. I heard mocktails, too. We got mocktails. Were they good? The mocktails were great. Okay. Yeah, mocktails were uh, probably better than the actual alcoholic version of the mint julep. It's really weird because, you know, I was watching the Derby on Saturday because yeah. you know, I, I get into it, you know, I like my Derby. Um, I was reluctant to go bet. And I will say, um, full disclosure, I did not bet Double B's horse or Marco's horse. I'm glad I didn't, you know, um, because that horse finished third. But I was on the fence, and I. But it's hard for me to bet the Derby, because I don't want to get involved in a race with twenty horses. And I get there can be some huge payoffs there, but man, it's it's a mess. And these horses are so young, first major race of the year. Some of them only had like three and four starts, so it is very 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 tough to do. So I I passed, but um, I was watching the broadcast and uh got a chance to see my man mattress mac okay saw him you know with his nice little black hat and his jacket and everything but i was watching the this one segment where they were making mint juleps and it looked a heck of a lot different maybe even better than the mint juleps that i was served last friday and they had the recipe and it wasn't that recipe that we were touting because they didn't even mention anything about about sugar. I think they put sugar cubes in it. They packed it with ice. They did the two ounces of bourbon. Um, and then they added a, a, a special thing. And it was like uh, they're promoting secretariat. You yeah. know, secretariat. Yeah. You know, and they, they have a certain brand of bourbon, you know, for that. So, but, and there was a different flavor in it too. It had some cinnamon or something. I like how you say it. You had it had a different flavor when you weren't there. Well, I was watching them make it and I know describe it. You know, it's, it's like watching a, a cooking show. Did they? Put, okay, I, I wasn't there, but I'm watching it. I'm going to uh, guess unfold. they probably put simple syrup in it. They didn't say simple syrup, okay? But it it looked much different and looked tastier than the version that I got on Friday. That's all I'm saying. But when you think about two ounces of bourbon and and the water and the sugar and the Mint leaves doesn't sound too too enticing. I don't know. Sounds phenomenal. <laughs> you know what uh, we're gonna do? We're gonna do. We're gonna go to our alcoholic beverage expert, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. He has now made his way from chicken ex fried chicken expert to golf expert to football expert to alcohol expert. The one and only Steve Berline. How's that intro? That would mean you're up. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, I am. I don't know if I can compliment or not. I don't know how to take that. Hey, man, it's just just a segue for you to bail me out of this mint julep story. That's all. Well, and I'll tell you what, though. I I think it was summed up perfectly when when you tried to uh, answer the question of, well, wait, you, you didn't even taste it. How do you know it was tastier? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, that's true. It, it looked tastier. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it could have tasted worse for all you know. You don't have any idea. <laughs> you know what? I never thought it, about it that. It could have been a worse <laughs> rendition of the mint julep. That's true. Are you, yeah. are you a mint julep guy? So... Are, are you? Do you? Uh, did, did yeah, I can honestly tell you, TC. I, I, 
I have never had a mint julep. Yeah. See, neither did I until Friday. And then I, I hyped it up all week. And I said, okay, if we have to get in the derby mode here, you know, everyone's talking about the mint julep. So I, I have to have one. So we got some mint juleps uh, served up to us uh, at the Westgate on Friday. And uh, you know when I knew I was in trouble, Steve? When I talked to the bartender and... Um, it, well, at first, I, I, the cocktail server came over, and they said, Hey, Tony, do you know how to make a mint julep? And Tony goes, A what? <laughs> Tony, you do yeah. you do realize we're 24 hours away from the you know most prestigious horse race, and, and the, the, the mint julep does go with the derby. So I kind of knew I was in trouble at that point in time. Yeah, there, there might be a few people that are looking forward to a mint julep or two. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. How how is your your hat game on the derby? Is your hat game better than your mint and julep game? You know what, man? I well, listen. I, I'm a. I, I really. I didn't know that the Kentucky Derby was on our list of topics today. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm do, you, not, do you need to prepare I'm, for my questions uh, of of no, alcohol I, and hats? I have I have no uh, experience with. I have no experience with the the uh, the the Kentucky Derby or the hats or the mint julep or any of that stuff. I do like going down to Del Mar okay. every once in a while, but yeah. but I just throw one of my baseball hats on and shorts. And I you know I don't get caught up in all that stuff. You mean your your time in, in Notre Dame? You never took the the jaunt over to Churchill Downs or as a professional athlete? You know because we see so many of. Uh, you know, the professional athletes, quarterbacks, uh, football players. I mean, the Emmett Smith was there. I mean, why wasn't Steve Berline's never attended Churchill Downs? I find that kind of hard to believe. Well, you know, it, it, it believe it, number one, but number two, I, I would love to go sometime. I think it'd be a blast, <laughs> but, but you know, it just, just because I, now I want, I want to go try a mint julep. Yeah. So that's what that's what it all comes down to. No, I really I do think it would be a blast to go at some point. Um, it just it, it never is really on my radar. Yeah, I don't I don't look at you know Derby weekend and plan it out in advance. It's like oh wow, it's Kentucky Derby week. I forgot about that. It'd be fun to maybe go down there one of these years. There you go. You I mean, know, I, I, mean I don't think about it till the week up. Right, I understand. I mean, Patrick Mahomes said you know riders up. I mean, the NFL you know big time. Uh, Represented there at the Kentucky Derby, but our our oh, our very own quarterback is not. You know, it's a shame. No, no, I I got out my game here a little bit. I guess <laughs> for sure. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, so okay, maybe I could turn you on to mint julep, but I'm not a, a advocating mint juleps. But you got to remember. I mean, you know, I I turned you on to to delicious fried chicken. I turned you on to some delicious Randy's donuts. There's probably a few other things. I mean, you you turned yourself onto the Tito's, I believe. So you got that one taken care of. Okay, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah. But see, you know, here again, I bring it up to, to tell you, you're talking about donuts, you're talking about chicken. Uh, I'm trying to get smaller, not bigger, man. I'm, try, I'm trying to go the other direction. You're not being a good influence on me. Now you're talking about alcohol, getting me drunk. No, you know, this is not good. Not good. How's that working out for you anyway? I mean, after the surgery and everything, are, are you getting smaller? I imagine you, you probably are. You know, I, I'm at the point now where I'm just able to start uh, working out now. I'm just over eight weeks, and uh, uh, the knee replacement went really well. The, the rehab's going great, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to – in fact, I'm, I'm on my way to go work out right now. I may be able to get on the elliptical and, uh, you know, burn for 30 minutes or so and do some other stuff. So, yeah – I'm starting to feel like it's moving in the right direction. Outstanding, man. All right. Steve Berlin coming yeah. off the, uh, the knee surgery. There it is. Now, this is the off-season, as, as we know, and I, I appreciate you you know, joining us the off-season. And you're saying, well, you didn't know that you know mint juleps and, and Kentucky Derby attire was on our list of topics today. I mean, this is the off-season, Steve. So we could talk about whatever you want. Would you, would you like to produce the segment today? I mean, you, you tell us what you want to talk about because I'm game to talk about whatever you want. You know what? I, I, I'm okay with you. We'll, we'll go with your 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 leading the conversation. I'm fine with that. All right, man. Uh, unless it's golf related, now golf related, I'll I'll, I'll kind of be able to go. You know, take it wherever we want to take it. I mean, we got we had a great Wells Fargo Championship this past weekend, and oh, and by the way, 
my Lakers are, are uh, showing up here at the right time with the NBA stuff. What a great game. Great win last night, you know, for for the Lakers over the Golden State Warriors to go up 3-1. to one. I'm loving that. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm loving it more. I, I grew up a diehard Lakers fan, but I've been a little bit, you know, a little bit disenchanted the last few years. This was all the social issues and all the relationships, you know, with, with uh, you know, about, you know no, no reason to get any of the political stuff. But I've been a little disenchanted the last few years. But I, I hate the Golden State Warriors so much that I am going to throw a party when the Lakers beat them. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully I'm in Golden State. I would love to see that. Uh, but but it may may not be until game six. But uh, really excited about how it's going with the Lakers. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to talk about for sure. No, and I was actually going to talk to you about that because I knew you were a Laker fan. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, most people know that I, I, I love this Warriors team. Uh, I, I, I'm all about dynasties. Uh, I love the way they play, but man, uh, I'm very critical about them too because they don't take care of the basketball. This has always been a problem for them. And it happened again last night where you're coming off a game where you turned the ball over 19 times. And then last night you turned over 16 times. I mean, just, uh, abysmal. But here we go, Steve. Think about this. This, this Warrior team, has shot a better percentage and made more threes than the Lakers. They have um, uh, out-rebounded them, and they've scored more points in the paint than them, and they're down three games to one. Go figure. And they've had leads, double-digit leads, in the last two games where they led by 11, and then they led by 12 last night in game number four towards the end of the third quarter, and they end up losing. I mean, it's a great series. Yeah. It's entertaining and everything. But if you're a Warrior fan, it's frustrating. Well, there's a few factors that came involved last night, I think. Number one, Lakers were 20 at 20 at the line. So, I mean, that that's pretty impressive right there to not give up any points at the foul line. Uh, and then, you know, it, it seems like it's every every game – it's a different guy that shows up for the Lakers. And last night it was, it was Walker. I mean, the, the guy, you know, wasn't even a factor in the, in the series. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he goes off for 15 points and the Warriors don't have a, uh, an answer for him. And, you know, and then LeBron is LeBron, you know, you could say what you want about, you know, all the other stuff, but uh, the guy's will to win is just second to none. And uh, when he needs to get it done at crunch time, he just finds a way and he wills his team uh, to step up when they need to. And um, it was so great to see them all celebrating that uh, Walker and, and his kind of coming out party last night. And, uh, you know, I give Darvin Ham a lot of credit too, because he, you know, it looked like in the first half of the Warriors had figured out a way to to attack that Lakers uh, defense. They were getting all those easy points in the paint, running the pick and roll up at the top and pulling Anthony Davis out of there. Uh, but the Lakers found a way to answer and, and, and get back in the game. And, and then when they needed to get it done down the stretch, they did. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with what they've done there. You know, obviously since the trade deadline, that's when all these moves were made and, and they started turning it on. So uh, it's exciting. All right, and uh, I think the Warriors come back and, and win Game Five. I think it's all going to come down to a Game Six. Uh, you know, can they win? You know, on the road. I mean, they've led these two games by double digits, so I think the answer is yes. We saw what the Warriors did when their backs were against the wall uh, in Game Five in Sacramento, and then of course the the all or nothing game in uh, Game Seven in Sacramento. So the series isn't over just quite yet, my friend. So you no, know, it's not I, over. And uh, you know, I would tend to you know me. I like to make uh, you know some food wagers. Uh, now, if you're willing to give me some odds here, you know, like triple chicken or something, I'll take the Warriors down three games to one right now. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's talk about that. We can we can see if we can. Uh, you know, I'm willing to. I'm willing to give you uh, some odds on that because I, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, I don't like the way Clay Thompson's playing. And I love Clay Thompson. He he's an Orange County boy. Went to Santa Margarita High School here. Uh, one of my kids graduated from that high school, and his his banner's up in the gym. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of Steph Curry. You know, uh, in Charlotte, where he grew up, he's a member at the same club that that I'm a founding member at. He and his dad Dell uh, Curry were all out. There, we're always out there golfing and. 
so I, I have ties to them, but you know, I'm an LA guy and the Dodgers and the Giants don't get along. The Lakers and the Warriors don't get along. It's just the way it is, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I will I will take that, but I think the Lakers they might surprise you up there in in Golden State. You never they they did it in Game One, yeah. And uh, I, I don't like the way that that uh, like you said, Golden State is playing all the way around. Um, you know, Steph was uncharacteristic at the end of that game last night, making a few mistakes. He forced that that long three pointer. They they still had 15 seconds, and he had Anthony Davis out there guarding him. He could have he could have found a way to work that ball a little bit closer and take a better shot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. And how about this too? We didn't talk about this. My daughter watching that game uh, when Draymond Green smacked his head on the on that on that floor. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the attention given to head injuries these days, how do they not uh, force him to go off the court and get examined in that, in that situation? Uh, I couldn't explain that to my daughter, you know, with all the conversation that they have going on around the head injuries in football now and everything, that was as obvious uh a concern is anything I've ever seen, but that's just another topic to, to throw out there. No, but it's a great topic. I thought the exact same thing. I guess the answer is, oh, uh, this isn't the NFL, dear. I mean, that, that's it. Which is, yeah. you know, but they wear helmets in the NFL. They're, they're further protected. Your 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 mullet goes against the hardwood, and you're coming down. Yeah. you know, like six feet or so. I mean, it's crazy, well, isn't it? But well, I think, yeah. Think of the think of the Tua uh, concussion where right. it was the exact same thing, right? Where he fell back and his head smacked on the grass with the helmet on. Yeah. Uh, now this time you got Draymond Green falling back in that same way and smacking his his you know uncovered head on the hardwood floor, which you know you think that's a little less forgiven even than grass. So uh, just you know it's a, it's I think the NBA has gotten a lot of grief about it. I I saw a bunch of. Uh, uh, people that were upset about it and questioned it on Twitter and all over the social media last night. So I think they're going to have to uh, obviously address it at some point if they haven't already. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, though, where the NFL, it's kind of like the letter of the law where they have that protocol that's in place. Think about it. The, the NBA does not have that in place at all. I mean, they didn't think about that. Yeah. If they did, then he would have to, to leave. But can you imagine telling Draymond, hey, uh, we don't have a rule about this, but you need to go get checked out. And especially in a playoff game, and especially in yeah, game he, number four like that, wow, that, that'd be crazy. But you're right. It's, you yeah. know, it, that, that's why. And they go, well, we don't want to, you know, be the guy. We don't be the referee that, you know, escorts this guy out and say, well, you, you yeah. have to do it. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, he, crazy. he goes off. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you don't want that. That's true. That's a good point. All right, man. Final That's thing here point. for there's... you. Uh, did you get a chance to to watch much of the the NFL draft, uh, Raiders specifically uh, at all? Any thoughts? Uh, you know, I did. I've looked it over, and and uh, you know, I I thought they they did it. The Raiders did a pretty good job. I I'm obviously biased about their second round pick, uh, the yes. Mike Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame. I I think he was a steal there in the second round. I thought that. Uh, he'd be the first tight end to go, and I think he was the third, uh, which was really surprising to me. But uh, I think the Raiders got a, a special player and a special person. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's he's, uh, and I don't say this, you know, with any kind of arrogance or anything else. But he, he's he's what you, he's the epitome of a Notre Dame guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to do the right things. He's going to work hard. He's going to be a leader. He's going to be in the community. He's going to be a great representative of the organization. And he's going to show up and he's going to play on Sundays. And he's tough. Uh, I don't know if he ever was injured his whole career at Notre Dame. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, I think he's going to be a difference maker for him, um, or for the Raiders, I mean. And then, you know, I, I love, I love the pick of Tyree Wilson. You know, he was the best player available. Everybody was saying, uh, that the edge rusher from Texas Tech, they got in the first round. Uh, he'll be an impact guy and give him a little depth there behind Chandler Jones and, and Crosby. So I think that's a, that's a good fit. I was a little bit surprised they waited till the fifth round to, to pick, uh, a cornerback. Uh, they got, um, what's the kid's name? Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. Right. Who I guess they say he's a great, uh, great, uh, um, you know, ball hawk type of guy as a corner, which, you know, you need playmakers back. That's an area where the Raiders definitely needed to, to step it up a little bit. And, um, you know, I, hopefully he'll be a difference maker there as well. But, 
you know, I don't know anybody else you wanted to talk about. I know they've got that quarterback O'Connell out of Purdue. Uh, they traded up to get him in the in the. I guess that was in the fourth round, also. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I saw him. He made me sick uh, when I when I watched him play this year. I mean, <laughs> you know that guy one time was was the ninth string quarterback when he got to Purdue. I didn't know they had ninth string yeah. quarterbacks. I, you know, I don't know where you came in on the depth chart when you came out of high school. I don't know. Well, you know, when I came out as a freshman, this is now back in 1983, so it was a little different world back then. Uh, but the, 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 all the freshmen, whether you were a scholarship guy or not, you were put behind all the upperclassmen. So I did start somewhere down around that seventh spot or something like that. But the coaches moved me up pretty quick. By the time the season started, you know, four weeks after I got there, uh, I was up to the number three guy, and I was holding – uh, for the starting place kicker. So I was holding for field goals and extra points, uh, in our week one game, uh, against Purdue of all people. So, uh, um, you know, I, I had worked my way up the ladder and after that first game, the backup quarterback got hurt, uh, you know, uh, came in to mop up the game for us. We were killing him and he got hurt, broke his collarbone. So after week one, my freshman year, I was the backup quarterback. Wow. So, um, and then week four, I came in and was a starter and the rest is history from there. But, um, yeah, I, as far as this, this guy goes, I don't know much about him. The stats weren't overly impressive, you know, 65 touchdowns or 30 interceptions, I think is what it was. Um, but, uh, they must have seen something they like. He's, he's got good size, 6'3, 215, um, and played in a pro style offense. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll be a guy that they can develop over the next few years if they need him. All right, we'll check it out. Steve Berline will let you get back to uh, the rehab, my friend. Appreciate you checking in. And I think, let's see, if the Warriors need to win three games and the Lakers only need to, yeah. one, I think, what's a what's a fair trade at Blue Ribbon? You think uh, a bucket of chicken for you and, what, the tomahawk uh, T-bone or the filet <laughs> wagyu for me? Is that what you think? Is that, is that a fair trade? Oh. You know, uh, I don't know about the. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I think it is a fair trade. Yes. Yeah. We'll go with it. Oh, go with it. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with it. Well, worst case scenario, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm taking Burley out for some chicken when you know, I get to share let's, with him. Let's let's make it let's make it hurt you a little bit. Two buckets of chicken. Whoa! Two buckets of chicken. <laughs> two buckets of chicken. And, and now the tomahawk yeah. just went to the 36 ounce tomahawk. There you go. Uh, make, you, <laughs> Hey, I, I saw that when I was on the it was on the menu last time. We, fact, we ordered it. Our group ordered it when we were out there a few weeks ago. So uh, awesome! Uh, and that was a group of ten, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a big piece of meat. The big piece of meat. The Tito's were flowing too. I'm sure. There you go. They were. All they right, were. Bro. You know that's right. All right, brother. Appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, TC. Take care, my man, Steve Burley. Let's go to the phones real quick. Who do we got here? Well, you know, it's Bernice. Uh, Bernice, what's going on? So, with all this mint julep talk, I heard a lot of controversy about bourbon versus whiskey. So, I, I don't expect you to know the answer, but I'm curious if Numchuck knows the difference. Uh, does Numchuck know the difference? Do I know the difference? Uh huh. Isn't bourbon like. 51% better, <laughs> like something that, like it, it's 50 or 50. It, it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're on the right track. Uh, There's a little more to it, though. So all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Hmm. So, like, champagne has to be produced in Champagne, France, otherwise it's sparkling wine. Bourbon can only be produced in the United States. Bernice, thank you for that education. All right, top of the hour, our Rosh Makazi's coming back at us, talking all things L.A. One, two, three.